Geeked. Hello, Geeks. I'm Princess Weeks. And I'm Tessa Netting. And you are listening to The Geeked Podcast, your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Each week, we're going to skim the surface of what's popular in geek culture, then deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Today's world is one I can't get enough of. The baby gay in me is so happy. Heartstopper! Princess, I am obsessed. You don't understand. I love this show. I love the characters. I am in love. My heart is literally stopped. Tessa loved it so much she blew out her voice just squeeing over things. So please be very kind and uh, tweet out a lot of love to Tessa, who is who is doing this heart-stopping episode. But yes, we I am I am geeking out so hard over this. I am dead, dying, just deceased. Uh, but first, Princess, what's got you geeked this week? What's got me geeked this week? That's a good question. I am so geeked out about everything that we saw dropping from Netflix for Geek Week, Castlevania, which you know I love, mm-hmm. School for Good and Evil, one of my like favorite book series, Wednesday. I'm just, I'm really enjoying all the good Netflix stuff that we're getting. And I'm also just really excited because the Pokemon games are looking so cute and I'm just really happy for all the gaming stuff coming out. Like between between Netflix and like all the games and stuff that I've been enjoying right now, it's been a it's been a fun time to be a nerd. It really is because we're we are in Geek to Week right now. It's very intense because all these things are dropping at the same time, so it's overwhelming, but in the best way. We've seen stuff from the series, from film, from animation. Right now is Stranger Things Day, so I mm. just am in my element because Stranger Things is my fave. Uh, tomorrow, it's all about the video games. So, Princess, I'm sure you are going to be living on that day. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So I just can't wait to see what else we have in store. And then we're going to have our live episode happening, which is terrifying and exciting. (laughs) I agreed on both terms. It's like, ooh, but uh." I mean, we're very charming, but um, it's also different when you're live. But I'm excited and and I'll I'll be safe because I'll be with you. Yes, exactly. We'll protect we each other. We finally protect be and attack together in I person. Know. Finally, the yes. the vibes are going to be epic. <laughs> Cannot wait for the vibes. Um, Can't. Other than that, like what's got me geeked this week? Probably, I think this is a really cool thing to mention that. Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill went to number one on the iTunes charts just because of Stranger Things. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty epic and amazing, as it should. Um, I'm glad that it's getting another life because of Max, (laughs) specifically. Um, Another thing that I want to mention is, I don't know if you've watched this yet, Princess, but Bo Burnham released uh, the inside. I didn't see that, but I want to. Takes on his YouTube channel. And oh my gosh, just like an hour of unused footage that he shot for his Netflix special. And I watched the whole thing and it just reminded me one, how brilliant this man is, and two, that. I uh, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> don't 
don't we all? Desperately. <laughs> but but seriously, like, okay, his songwriting is just next level. I like I need this man to write a musical immediately. Like it is it's one of those things where he, he's like funny, but then his musical comedy is just on another level that I I need more from him. And like, I swear this, he wrote a song about a chicken crossing a road that just emotionally destroyed me. And I was like, what? How? How? I, I can't. I cannot. It just, I mean, this pandemic really fucked us all up. <laughs> it's, and it, and it, and it likely won't stop. Uh, it's 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 gonna be quite a time. Oh, one other thing that's got me geeked is I got to see Pam Anderson perform as Roxy Hart in Chicago, <gasps> and she oh was very solid. I mean, like this is her first time, and she's not a trained singer dancer, but she was having a wonderful time. She was hamming it up, and she really put her whole Pam into it. And I, I'm I'm very much here for wronged women getting their coin 2022 that's amazing i heard she was incredible that's so cool you got to see her i'm jealous I love yeah it. I, my friend told me that she was roxy and i was like i i told my partner i'm like well we have to see it and so it was a great night out for me and gal pal so uh yeah that's a very positive thing yay i love it And now on that note, Tessa, it's time to queer it up and talk about our little queer origin stories. (laughs) Yay, gay awakenings. Let's do it. Okay, so before we get into all of our heart stopper feels, Tessa, I got to hear your gay awakening story. Like, I'll start first, but I want you to start prepping yours. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes. Uh... I think the root of it all is sitting with my mom on weekends watching Xena together. There's just something about a tall, leather-clad woman with dark hair and her tiny companion walking around that is just super iconic. I think that's, like, the root of it is, like, watching Xena, seeing that queer subtext and totally getting it. And then my queer awakening moment when I was like, oh, this isn't just subtext. I really like it. It's actually when Emma Watson got her pixie cut after she finished filming Harry Potter. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it was, is that? And when she did that, that tongue thing in the bling ring trailer, it was like a, a it was like a, like a one, two punch of like, I think I'm in love with Emma Watson. And I thought I just wanted to be friends with Emma Watson. But Mm -hmm. then it was like, oh no, I, I have a, an extreme crush on Emma Watson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Princess, literally after Emma Watson got a pixie cut, I got a pixie cut. The same pixie cut right after her. It was that iconic. <laughs> it, was it, was. Like, it was like a game changer. I remember being like, she's so pretty. Cultural <laughs> reset. Like Honestly, like I was like, that did things to me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like older millennials, it's like Liv Taylor. And for like our age group, it's definitely Emma Watson uh, and her pixie cut. That was it for me. (laughs) What was it for you uh, besides the pixie cut? (laughs) Oh, well, for me, there's two things that come to my mind. The first is the first character that I was ever in love with was Turk from Tarzan. So I was basically in love with the gorilla version of Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is a Iconic. very interesting. I don't I don't even know how there's a lot of layers to that. But I just remember being like so in love with this gorilla. And then I realized that like Turk rhymed with jerk. And I was like, oh, no, someone's going to insult Turk and I'm going to have to like stand up for her and like save her. I don't even know. I was like thinking I was, there's all these layers. I was in love with that monkey. Obsessed. So in love. Like her little hair. I was like, oh, my God. Again, like pixie cut on yeah. gorilla, <laughs> like stylish hair on gorilla, loved. And then the second moment that was like a huge gay awakening for me was actually gay Harry Potter fan fiction, specifically dreary fan fiction, because growing up in Pennsylvania, that was like, that was the first time in my life that I, like that my brain had processed like two boys being in a relationship and being in love. And it was just like, because I knew it was true. And then to see other people like writing about it and thinking about it, I was like, oh my God, yes, you understand. And I'm not crazy. Like two boys can be in love and it can be beautiful. And this is what it is. And I don't know. It was just like such a magical moment for me. And I just like went headfirst into <laughs> fiction and it was, it was the best. So those are like the two things that like are really clear in my mind that was like, oh yes. Here it is, like swimming what? out from the Christian <laughs> Just Pennsylvania. <laughs> Just like, I'm gay, I'm gay. <laughs> yes. Doggy paddling towards homosexuality. One of the things Correct. I think is funny is like, what is something that you realize in retrospect was super queer about you <sighs> that you didn't see as queer at the time? <laughs> I know exactly. Um, on spirit days, I like spirit days. I went all out. Like there was a pink day and I literally came up with a pink like faux leather coat, whole like pink. I had pink fake hair. I just went so to the extreme. It was like every outfit that I wore to school was campy and like ridiculous and people made fun of me, but I didn't care because that was like my way of expressing myself and I just didn't see it as anything else. But I was just like yes, this is me. I'm here. This is how, this is like who I am. So that was like just the first thing that was like, and looking back, I'm like, oh, girl. <laughs> like I could have gone to any pride parade, like right after school and have like just really fit in. What about you? Um, for me, it is like, so I'm a big anime fan. I love anime. And one of my first anime crushes was this character named Shishomaru. And he is what they call an anime, a bishonen. So like a very effeminate, pretty man. So he had like long, white, silver uh -huh. hair. Oh my God, like had, Legolas. Yes. So had the nails, had a little bit of eyeliner and like, but also was very masculine. So it was Ooh. like seeing this very beautiful man that to me was like prettier than any lady <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was like but then could also or as pretty as a lady because ladies are gorgeous and then also was so comfortably masculine mm. that was like a revelation for me and so I kept having crushes on characters who were confident in their masculinity but leaned very feminine and Ooh. it's something that in retrospect I'm like oh the type was <laughs> right Daddy, mommy, in one. Um, <laughs> the it's best. like I I want a single parent household where my parent is both. Um, it was the that ultimate and, combo. Exactly. And then on my computer, I would have folders of like all of the, like you know you go on Tumblr and you find all these cute like fan edits of like your favorite favorite like celebrities. Mm -hmm. It was like organized perfectly, and it was all women 
and then Alan Rickman. That was the only man that I was that I was like actively like, I love him so much. And it was just like this much older man who I didn't eroticize. So I felt so safe around him. It's like all of these beautiful, sexy women and just very dapper pictures of Alan Rickman over here. It's like, it's like I was screaming in bisexuality. Oh my like, gosh. I was like, oh, it's just, I just think they're beautiful. Okay, let us talk about this wonderful, wonderful show. It is such a bomb on my bitter, cynical heart. It was <laughs> so beautiful. And I didn't even realize, like, I bought my partner the graphic novel, <gasps> like, a couple years ago. And I was like, you're going to love it. It's just two sweet boys being in love. And then all of a sudden, it's a whole show. So, oh, my gosh. When did you first hear about Heartstopper, and did you know about the graphic novel first? I did not know that there was a graphic novel. I mean, it it started as a webtoon, didn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so wild. That's so cool. Um, and the and the author is twenty seven. Please just um, put me in the ground. <laughs> put me amazing. in the ground. But um, Alice Osman is an iconic. Aromantic asexual, uh, they talked about it. I just want to say that's so awesome. I love that one of the biggest romance sweet stories that we have is by an aromantic asexual. Uh, See, containing multitudes, the, the queer community. So just shout out to her. I So I didn't know that it was anything before a show. I just started hearing about it mainly because my friend Francis was so obsessed that he was uh, like putting on his Instagram stories how much he loves this show. And I was like, I need to watch this. I know this is going to absolutely destroy me. And then it did. So thank you, Francis. <laughs> You're the reason why I watched this. And I'm so, so glad I did because I think it's just, it's so vulnerable and joyful and special. It just destroyed me. It, I cried multiple times watching this <laughs> show. Like, and I'm talking like full on sobs, like tears of joy. I was, <laughs> this was an emotional journey. Like this show was a lot. <laughs> well, let me get into for those uninitiated, uh, which if you are Girl, what are you what are you doing with your time? So Heartstopper is a British coming of age romantic comedy adapted um from Alice Osman. Osman, okay. Alice Osman um uses she, her, they, them pronouns. So I'm gonna use those interchangeably. Um the series is written by Osman, which again, 27 years old, iconic. Uh, brilliant, never been done. It's about Charlie Spring, played by the adorable Joe Locke. Shout out to the Joes out there. Uh, A gay boy who falls in love with his classmate, Nick Nelson, played by Kit Connor. You know when someone has, uh, like, repeating letters that they're a superhero, and Nick is adorable. (laughs) They sit next to each other in form, which is basically British homeroom, and they slowly start to bond and fall in love, and it's so beautiful. Hi. 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 
And it also explores the life of Charlie's friends, Tao, played by William Goh. Ellie, played by Yasmin Finley, who was going to be in Doctor yes. Who as Rose. Oh, my gosh. And then at Ellie's new school, we also are introduced to Tara, played by Corinna Brown, and Darcy, played by Kizzy Edgell. So we have a lot of queer relationships and romances in this show, not just Nick and Charlie, but also Tara and her girlfriend, who are lesbians. And Ellie is transgender. She's a trans woman. And she has a little bit of play with uh, Tao, who is their best friend. So there's a lot of cute stuff in this show. Oh my gosh, yes. So you didn't read the graphic novels, or did you, before watching this? I didn't read them. My partner did. I like. I bought them for her. I can't wait to read. I That is something that I need to buy immediately. Because I know that um, because she was so, so heavily involved in the show that it's not going to stray far from that. And, like, even the parts of the show that were so stylized with the little, like, animated doodles that appeared like when the characters were going through an emotional moment and like the color palette the the gay lighting <laughs> it was all so good <laughs> like this is this is done by someone with care like you can yes. tell that she had so much to do with this show that I just want to read more because I know it's not going to be far off from it it was also interesting just talking about it from like a content perspective, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that it was able to balance out the idea of come of like not being ready to come out and coming out in your own time mm. from multiple different narratives and showing the ways in which it can be toxic and the ways in which like it can be a a thing for growth, especially like Nick and Ben, like they're foils to each other. And mm -hmm. I love how like Ben like it just internalized all of this homophobia and was really acting out when it came to his secret relationship with Charlie. But in comparison, Nick just treated Charlie with so much love and care and yeah. kindness. And you could really tell, like, he really was just trying to figure things out, but still wanting to honor that bond with Charlie. And that was just so important, especially compared to something like <laughs> Happiest Season, mm. where it was, like, so frustrating because it was, again, that, like, you're allowed to come out when you're ready or, you know, maybe you d you're never ready, but it's how you treat your partner that really mm -hmm. matters in those moments. And so it was nice to see that the issue isn't like rushing someone to come out. It's how they treat and respect you while they're going on that journey. Definitely. I mean, Nick's whole bisexual journey was just like a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say it was like considering, you know, the climate we were in when they were like watching parts of the Caribbean. I was like, oh, no. But then it was the part with Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. And I'm like, oh, this is bisexuality is here. I was like, I felt that moment of like, he loves both of them. And I'm just like, me too, son. Oh, me no. too, my small son. I have also watched a show and thought, I want them to kiss because I want to kiss both of them. That moment specifically was such a personal attack because I was obsessed <laughs> with those movies for the same exact reason. Like this, I, I used to wear like the key, like that Will used to wear. And I was like in love with like Will and Elizabeth. Like I loved both of them. And it was so much. I think it definitely was like one of my first bi panics that I've ever had was that those movies and um 
And then just to think about like that again, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, attack, attack, d- deflect. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was definitely a call out. I was just like, oh, God. And just him going into like, am I gay? <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh. Me with everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like Googling the quiz, you're just like, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too relatable. <laughs> but it was also so nice to see just like positive bisexual representation, like, especially with a guy, because you never concept. have that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was so nice to see like positive male bisexuality yes. depicted and like, I don't know. It was just, it was reassuring. No one was ever questioning it. Like, even Charlie brings up, like, bisexuality exists. And it was just, like, it felt so validating to hear that. And I'm just like, ah, we are here. Hello, it's me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the flip side, I loved, I was really worried that Ellie, that her storyline was going to be dealing with transphobia at the all-girls school because Mm. the UK be transphobic AF. And so I was very concerned about that. But it ended up being, you know, Tara's thing of coming out as a lesbian. And it's so, I think as we've progressed and we've seen sort of like transphobia being at the forefront of anti-gay legislation, it's easy to forget that like, being gay, being a lesbian, being bi is still stigmatized and still something that people are bullied and picked on for. Like, mm-hmm. it, as much as we like to think that we've made progress in those areas, I think it's always good to remind people that, like, being a young gay kid is hard, no matter yeah. where you are in that community. And trying to find solidarity is very hard. And so that's why I love that it was like a gr- a friend group with multiple gay people yes. because it's so weird when it's like one gay person in oh, a friend yeah. group. I'm like I'm no. like we collect. We yes. we literally <laughs> we literally are like the opening of the Lion King when like a new baby gay is born. We're all like, "Did you get the gazelles and the zebras? We got to go <laughs> and see the coronation ceremony." Like we all gaggled together in the circle of life. Oh yeah. I loved the friendships in this show. They felt so real. It was like just even the kids having a birthday at a bowling alley and like Ugh. like I remember that. It's like yes. And I like the texting and deleting and like rewriting and deleting. It's like I just I felt like I was watching an authentic teenage experience because mm-hmm. there's so many like shows right now that have like teenagers quote unquote and the experience is just so <laughs> unlike my own experience like euphoria for example oh, yeah. <laughs> like no <laughs> sorry that's not I mean I'm sure it's someone's experience but it's not it was not mine and um you know growing up in Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere uh it was just so nice to see a love story that was just really simple you know mm-hmm. and focused on the little things of like them playing in the snow them like going to the beach them like hanging out like at each other's houses a lot and, Mm -hmm. you know, talking to their parents and talking to their friends and talking about their emotions with their friends because it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just nice. It was so... It was nice. It was so nice. And sometimes you just need that. Um, For so long, queer coming-of-age stories have always been treated as, like, an othered experience. Mm -hmm. And while I think, of course, there are always going to be unique things about wherever you are in a marginalized community... I love how normal this felt. Yes. You know, like to me, this is no different from like a boy meets world, you know, right. something that I grew up watching of like kids struggling to figure out who he is, 
complicated friend group, falls in love with somebody, has epic romance. Like, this is, like, the human, quote-unquote, story. And so to see it so normalized in that way Mm -hmm. felt really good. And to have so much diversity amongst the characters themselves felt really good to see because even though you know Nick and um Charlie are both white like their friend group is very diverse mm-hmm. it was great to see like you know not one but two black girls yeah. in a, in a friend group and both of them very brown to have Tao there as a, as like a young asian man and i really cuz i know people are going to be angry at Tao but i really felt for him yeah and i think you know we talk a lot about allyship and, you know, allies be trash a lot of the time. I'm not, like, homophobic. I'm an ally. Congratulations. We thank you for your service. But I think Tao was definitely coming from this perspective of, like, I've seen you get bullied by these people. I've seen you be hurt by these people. And I don't want you to keep being hurt. And Mm -hmm. and And him trying to use, like his literal body to, like, shield his friend, but -hmm. also not knowing how to listen fully, but wanting to listen. Like, that's just a human experience of just, like, wanting to protect your friend, but not having all the information. Right. And also, like, I I keep, like, going on these little tangents. No! I I just loved (laughs) seeing a young boy character say, like, I'm afraid of being alone. I don't know why I'm so afraid of being alone. To see a young man on a show like this really get to express these very clear emotions mm-hmm. and not be villainized for it, which is also so refreshing because we yeah. talk about wanting to see more, like not having toxic masculinity. And I think Tao is serving like real, like compassionate masculinity. Yeah. I just love that. I love His that. His so actions seemed reasonable and real to me, honestly. You know? Um, being personally being a uh, survivor of the Super Hulak fandom, uh, I <laughs> I have been queer baited for so long uh, that I had almost no trust left. So the fact that I've already found two shows this year that I mm-hmm. absolutely love that surrounds like an outwardly gay romance like our flag means death and now heartstopper i am mm-hmm. just in heaven like i have done my waiting in gay askaban for this and it it's just i'm so happy i'm so mm-hmm. happy that we have these shows i am like it's about time and we need like we want more like now that mm-hmm. i'm spoiled like this i'm going to be like i'm going to be horrible cuz i'm just going to want more yeah. of it <laughs> Exactly. Like, I definitely feel that way. I'm just thinking about you and Grindelwald and gay Azkaban just sitting there being gay criminals. Uh, Yes. 100%. It's important. Also, not only is it important, but I think because we're getting so much of it, we can forget how hard it was to get there. Like, a hard stopper now, that exists because of a lot of work and you have to give the creators their props for that because when you because that took fighting for it it is not easy to get all this gay shit um made it just isn't it's still a fight even to have the most you know quote-unquote normalized of the members of the queer community like just having a bisexual character a lesbian character be the lead of a show for children is still 
something that can get you can't that can get your show cut. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to remember that as we celebrate Heartstopper, that comes from a lot of fighting from queer creators and queer writers yes. to bring that to fruition. It doesn't just happen. Oh yeah. And oh, oh my gosh. I <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like cry. The, wow, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, I so heart stopped. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was like so bizarre. I was like, oh my god, am I gonna start crying? Uh, also, you have to like remember that when when we were like growing up, when I was a teenager, there like there was no media like this show, you know, like there, and there was still um a lot of shame around being gay, and so like watching this was was a lot because like I you know I never got to have that young relationship that gay experience there was like there was so many years where I was like not being fully myself when I was not even just like allowing myself to like think about those kinds of feelings like thank god for fan fiction because like that was sort (laughs) of my area that but it's like I'm so happy that there are shows and content like this for, like, young queer kids to show that, like, they're not alone in their experience. Like, normalizing, like you said, normalizing these feelings. Even if you think it's cheesy, like, this shit is real. Like, this, as adults, like, we want these kids to have what we needed growing Mm -hmm. up. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just so happy that this show exists and even if it took a lot, like, we need to keep fighting for this shit because it is, like, we, not only do the kids need it, but we need it. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, like, I want Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman to hug me and tell me that they're proud yes. of me for being bisexual. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh. oh, thank you for telling me. No matter how often it happens, I will never get tired of seeing parents hug and affirm their gay kids. Because yeah. um, ne- there will always be somebody who needed to see that, who never got that, or who got it, but wish they could have come out sooner or mm-hmm. felt more comfortable. You know, I only came out to my father a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came out to my mom years before. And I can tell you, like, as a as a Black person from an immigrant family, like, I was so nervous for so long. But the near universal embrace of my family is something that I never in my wildest dreams thought would happen. And that it exists is so validating every day to not have to live in a secret, to not have to live with that burden. Because it does... It does weigh on you. It weighs on you a lot. And to see something like Heartstopper and to know that young kids are going to see this show, young Black trans women are going to see this show, young Black lesbians, young Asian, like everybody will be able to watch this show and see that there is a possibility of community, of family out there for themselves. And just knowing that possibility is out there makes all the difference. Because we live in a shitty, (laughs) shitty, shitty world when it comes to how it treats our communities. And sometimes you need something that will just make you feel good. And Heartstopper does that. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That moment that Nick came out to his mom as bot, like, that destroyed me. Like, Mm -hmm. Olivia Coleman just completely— 
<laughs> destroyed me. I was like, oh, man. I was like, I, that, but those were when my tears were mm-hmm. just like full, full on. Like there was that moment. There was the moment at the party where um, Darcy and Tara like kissed and mm-hmm. they had like that rainbow lighting and then it cuts yeah. to Nick like <laughs> looking at them in this bisexual lighting like, I want that. And I was just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I loved the girlfriend. She said, homophobia. <laughs> homophobia. Women here, we got more tea. <laughs> Literally me, anytime anything bad happens to me, I'm like, biphobia everywhere. Um, when the entire friend group came to get them out of the clo- out of the closet, the, the music room, I was just like, ugh. Best friend. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to tell my kids these were the Scooby-Doo kids. Like, it was just so... Sweet. And like, I, mm-hmm. again, also a smaller moment when Charlie's sister comes in and hugs him and is like, you don't make my life miserable. I was like, uh. oh, yeah. As no. a big sister, I, I felt that moment. I'm like, no one makes my little brother feel like shit. Um, it yep. was just so sweet. I um honestly, every single time that Nick and Charlie hugged each other, like they had such meaningful hugs It was Uh, one of those things where it seemed whenever Nick, like, wanted to express his emotions and he just, like, couldn't think, like, he couldn't have the words, he just hugged Charlie instead. And it just, like, like, you could just tell, like, yes, this boy's love language is physical touch, 100%. Like, I, and they were just, their chemistry was unreal. Like, it was unreal freaking real it was amazing whenever they were like touching pinkies it reminded me of exactly how i felt when i was watching bridgerton and every time that um kate and anthony would like make eye contact i'm like it's giving me regency era romance oh yeah. it's giving me like the the meaningful touch and yes. when when nick leaves the rugby game at the to go grab charlie and take him into the room i was like my heart will never stop stopping. <laughs> oh my God. Can't stop. Can't heart stop, won't heart stop. I just, I, it was so moving. And the fact that they look like such babies. Oh, yeah. That they're just, that they're these little twees just out here being in love and Charlie just wanting so badly to like feel feel wanted yes. and appreciated but being so not toxic about it uh, i i went i could cry just thinking about oh, it I, I i love them so much i know it's one of those things where it's like i need to protect these characters with my life i know <laughs> like, it's like this is my son don't yeah. talk to him <laughs> leave them alone yes let my babies grow Please, please, guys, like, let them, let them grow. Don't attack them. On so I feel the same way. I'm just like, please, please let them live. Um, Another thing that I really loved is Darcy and Tara together. Like, they, I love that they were just these, like, emotional support lesbians. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> when when she was like, we're such, a, we're such manipulative gays. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I loved them. I loved I... them so much. <laughs> It was so good. And I just loved that they, like, really honored each other's experiences. Yes. Like, that, ta- you know, like, Tara was a little bit anxious, but Darcy was just there being like, I got you, boo. Right. Like, I got you. Like, it was so sweet and supportive. When they went on their, like, quadruple date, that was, like, I also love the way Nick slowly came out to her first, yes, to Tara. And then it was like, that he's like, just like, just out here forming a whole gay posse. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
He's so in love. He wants everyone to know, like, look at my beautiful, look at my beautiful Twinkie boyfriend. Don't you just love him? Don't you just love our love? I really loved that moment of both of them because I've, it's like, you've had that moment before where it's like someone you dated and you guys thought that like you were straight and then both of you are gay and you're like, ah, yes, this makes sense now. And both of them sort of had that moment together where it's like, where it's like, oh, oh, right. You, you and me, both, both of us. Yes. So I just loved that they had that friendship and that all of them had all of these friendships just felt so real. It really did. And um, I don't know, there was a moment where Charlie show or no, where uh, Nick shows up like in the rain at Charlie's house outside his door. And it, like Mr. Effing Darcy. <laughs> Not only did it remind me of, of Darcy, but it also reminded me of in Carry On, like freaking Simon shows up at Baz's house, like covered in mud. And it's like the same type of thing. And it's like, and he's like, why are you here? It's like, oh, I came to, like, I came for you. It's like that same thing. And I was like, <laughs> then when Charlie runs out to him <laughs> so they can kiss again, I was just like, okay, guys, I get it. You're in love. <laughs> You're in love. You love love. It was beautiful. Meanwhile, we're both in relationships, but we're like, I wish someone could love me like that. Well, like- no, but the thing is, Princess, like, I wish I had a relationship like that, like, when I was younger. You know what I mean? It's Same, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so It was so nice to see that because it's like, it's young love. Like, there's something yeah. different between, like, you know, the love later on that's, like, real love, and then it's, like, puppy dog, like, baby love. Like, that is, yeah. it's such a specific feeling, and they captured that so well of like developing a crush getting butterflies like you know that sort of like that electricity that first charge Uh feeling yeah it's Mm -hmm. a really specific like feeling in your body feeling in your chest like moment of that you remember so it's Mm -hmm. I don't know I just really think it captured that that feeling of being in love for the first time and it was it's just beautiful this show is beautiful it's beautiful no I totally agree and it's like you're right because the adult love is like do you have all those same things but it's also like did you feed the cat (laughs) who went grocery (laughs) shopping um did you can you can who can pay rent this month (laughs) who can't uh, managing your hours in love but like that freedom of like you go to school together so you just sit like there's this one time where like the first time after they have, like, their whole coupledom and, like, Charlie goes to eat lunch with Nick and Nick has kind of, like, this, like, little smug, like, aren't your friends going to be gentle here hanging out with me? And I'm just like, Nick, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in school. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's like those soft, flirty looks. Like, he, like he's yes. such a cute flirt because yes. they're, like, they're flirting, but, like, in a very, like, we're babies. Oh, and we're, like, and it just, like, like, oh, you know, I can't believe you just rented bubble gum to me. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, We'll just share. It's like, oh, we're do- we're sharing now. I'm like, oh, like- <laughs> I can't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can- I could just, I could giggle about this forever. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like King of Expressions. We we love it. The cast really made this show. The whole show. Absolutely. They like good it. chemistry is so important. Yes. Please keep casting for chemistry. <laughs> like not, it's not just having two pretty people. Mm-hmm. It's having that spark, and they they have it. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's like, and also the chemistry between friends too. It's like you have romantic chemistry and then you have friendship chemistry. And that's another thing that Stranger Things does really well and that Mm -hmm. this show does really well and that um, I want other shows to do well because there's a difference between 
something like, I don't know, like Harry Potter that has all of these movies. And so you grow up with the characters just because you've been watching it for so long. Like you just have that feeling. But then like something with this where just right from the beginning, it feels real. It's not something that like, oh, this would have felt like we've known each other after like five seasons of Heartstopper. And then you're like, oh, right. yeah, this is this feels like a real friend group. because Like, no, I, almost immediately you felt like this was real, that you could like you want to join their friend group. It feels so real. Yeah. And I also, again, love that no one was weird about Tao and L being a thing. Oh, yeah. In terms of like sexuality and gender identity, because it's so easy to fall into those tropes right. and that wasn't there and that just felt so good because they are so cute together and oh, I are. I love I love seeing like an interracial couple between two people of color I'm like that is something that we don't get a lot of and I'm just really excited to see where it goes oh my gosh I loved their like arcade moment I I have <gasps> I've had that moment <laughs> we've had these moments. you're like it's me <laughs> I wish I went on more video game dates, honestly. I should do that now as an adult. You I'm should. gonna be like David Busters. Like, let's, let's go. Yes. I'm I'm down. Get all the tickets. Oh, I used to go to David Busters all the time. It was like such a thing. And when I was growing up, like going to the mall was what we did. We all like went to the mall, went to the arcade, and like did DDR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I love Tao and L together though. It was one of those things where like they're it was like a classic best friends who both want more but are worried about like ruining their friendship your friendship Aww. yes and i'm like don't worry guys like <laughs> let it ride like you're 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 all queer which means that your relation you will still be friends with each other even after you break up to the point where like then you'll be at each other's wedding it's be like hello this is my this is my list of exes also this is my wife like it's <laughs> that's literally the future <laughs> Oh, that's too real. That's that's amazing. So that has been our long cry uh, dish session, emotional dish session over Heartstopper. But before we go, one more thing. I just want to say that Please keep hiring these beautiful, diverse casts. And, like, please keep putting dark-skinned actresses in your productions, okay? Like, we come in—brown people come in all colors. We don't need to only focus on the, the lighter end of the spectrum. Like, I really loved seeing a dark actress playing Tara and— it is so important that as we represent people that we are bringing in body diversity and skin diversity. So— Put more body and skin diversity in your queer shows. Yes. And my one more thing is that this is my new go-to gay comfort show. I'm so happy. I really needed one. Like, I had my go-to gay comfort book series, like the Carry On series. Now I have this. But... It's like, what are both of these things have in common? It's just two, like, males. Give me some more soft lesbian, you know, stories. We need some, and some, like, this is a good start, but we need more. Give us more. Like, we want more fluffy gay stories. Like, not everything needs to be dramatic or traumatic. Like, just give us some more fluff, please. I want to eat it all up. Thank you. Please and thank you. The Geeked Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. 
find me on Instagram and TikTok at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and on Twitter at Weeks Princess. Reminder that tomorrow we are going to be live, baby. So be sure to catch our stream. And if you miss it, have no fear. We'll be dropping the episode in the podcast feed next week. This is a Netflix Geeked and Spoke Media production. Our executive producers are Keisha TK Dutez, Brigham Mosley, Aaliyah Tavakolian, and Keith Reynolds. Kelly Kolf is our producer and Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delara Patton is our coordinating producer. Special thanks to Carson McCain. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our original theme. To stay updated on all things Geeked, be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you aren't following the Geeked podcast, what are you waiting for? You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you absolutely love us, which I don't know how you wouldn't, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! Eat.